it's normal. <laughs> Terrifying. Hey, you, over there. Yeah? Guess what? What? You wanna talk spooky stuff. Okay. Hi, I'm Kay. And I'm Gabe. You're a ghoul. Sure am. Wow, same. What brings you here next to me? I'm kinda over humanity. Yeah, people are trash. Just like a body piece. You know there's a lot to say about how medium is made. Like there's a more to every story. Exactly. It's fascinating. We could make a show. A show? And we'll let everybody know. Use our brains. Brains. No, not to eat. To educate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you could say we're, we're the, the ghouls next, next door. Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the ghouls, the ghouls next, next door. door. Talking about spooky stuff. Like cat. <laughs> I am terrifying stuff. today. Um, yes. For our audio listeners, I am blue. Hopefully, you'll see it in the album art. Uh, yeah. Glorious. Gabe, you look. F- I'm sorry, not cursing. You look amazing right now. I just Thanks. want you to understand. Yeah. I had I, to curse to really get that just point how across. It is. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I am meant to be pastel goth, and I mm-hmm. have been failing my whole life. Like, what my true nature is by not being pastel glass this whole time. Uh-huh. I'm very blue. I'm yes. blue. If I was green, I would die. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are very gender normative uh-huh. <laughs> in that uh, we are inspired by Melanie Martinez's K through 12, uh, where she sets the tone of gender norms and how they're trash right from uh-huh. the beginning uh, by complaining that women have to wear pink and the boys have to wear blue uh, uh-huh. and to the point where some of them are blue. <laughs> so Literally Kat is are blue. Representing the horrors that be that. Uh-huh. And I get to dress up as Melanie Martinez. Just and be to, the so hottest people know. goth pastel lady ever though pastel goth yes uh just so people know it was cat's decision this wasn't like a lotto cat always chooses this yeah (laughs) this is what she wants (laughs) it's normal (laughs) my eyes are always crazy i don't know how to not crazy them oh i do but it's like whenever i i'm aware i look extra yeah i have to take it that extra step to to look terrifying i have to be scared I am so happy for Melanie Martinez that I have discovered my true identity of pastel goth because I didn't know I was supposed to be that. But clearly, I am a Lolita now Uh (laughs) and and I have been uh, denied true beauty my whole life by not being this from the beginning. (laughs) You can can start from here and keep going. Yeah, I can start from here. I need to dye my hair this color. Two colors, because yeah. that's what she life. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's nice. I also finally got to wear, I bought one of those strawberry pretty dresses. I finally mm-hmm. get to wear it, and that's yeah. fun. Yes. Excuse. <laughs> I don't own white clothing, so I have this one shirt, and I, I had to make a collar out of yarn. 
because I yeah. don't own white clothing. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Melanie Martinez's K-12, through which is her visual album film. It's just a film. It's not even a visual album because it's full. It's mm-hmm. entirety. Um, I had... When we looked up horror movie musicals, this popped up and I was like, what? And it got me thinking about a conversation that I had with long fan and good friend Jeff Bessay about horrifying music, just mm-hmm. songs that were horrifying. And I remember years ago uh, when Billie Eilish had Bellyache when it first came out, uh, thinking, like, she was, like, 16 years old. And that's a horrifying song. Like, she's, like, murdering her friends. And (laughs) and, and it was, like, that's that's a horror story, right? Like, it's not, you know, boops, uh, uh, like, spooks and and booze in the night kind of thing. It's not, like, monster mash, which is what you think of when you think about horrifying Mm -hmm. songs. Um, But there are songs that just in nature are really terrifying. And so I was, like... This would be really fun for to talk about musicals to specifically address like music that is horrifying or trying to show a, a message or, or convey a message in a way that's horrifying um, because the content is or mm-hmm. the, the real life is. Um, it, it's a little different from what I originally imagined. Uh, I had this whole thing where I wanted to cover Poppy who Mm -hmm. is that, like, performer, and she's, like, really, like, everything is very white, everything, like, her hair, herself. I'm Poppy. 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 I am Poppy. Her clothes, and she, like, talks, like, whisper talks, (laughs) and she's like, I'm Poppy. (laughs) She's, like, really creepy. Yeah, she's just like, hi, I'm Poppy, and this is my YouTube channel, and she has, like, this I, like, went down this, like, rabbit hole of YouTube where uh, people had these conspiracy theories about her um, maybe calling for help through some of her songs or some of the videos that she made. Because she have, like, one-minute videos. Like, they'd be really mm. short. But they'd just be, like, kind of like they're controlling your mind. Like, they were all weird. My favorite thing about the internet is the arguments. I'm mad at you and my opinion is correct argue on facebook we're having so much fun on the internet um and there's a lot of like drama behind like her producer and like them uh, essentially blacklisting the the performer who came before her um okay. so there's like a lot uh but her songs are just like generic pop music and sometimes they're a little angry uh but, but i was like oh that'd be fun and then we listened to k through 12 we watched it and i was like I have never seen anything like this. Yeah. It was very fun. Like, and the horror was on the nose. You didn't question anything. Like, you were like, oh, this is what this is about. Cool. You know, and the lyrics were fantastic. Like, she has a really good cadence about how she, like, says words Mm -hmm. that uh, really lended to like the setup as well as the performance. It was just really entertaining. Um, but yeah, the movie in addition just to, to the lyrics alone were fantastic. And the like sound quality, you could listen to it without having the visuals and still be like, this is a bop. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening nonstop <laughs> for writing this, this article, uh, or our piece for it. But even still, I was like, this is really great. And I, you know, recommended it to, uh, Roland, our cinematographer, cause he loves songs and, and 
this specific type of music too. Like I never would have thought like this <laughs> pop would be there. But um, as we kind of go into this, I just feel like I wish growing up I had someone like Melanie Martinez writing songs about these yeah. issues. Um, and as we like when I go in and unpack what's happening in there, um, like I'm just even as an adult now, I'm just thankful that she's out there and she's saying what needs to be said and hopefully is uh, helpful to young people. The same way I feel about Lil Nas X, like that mm-hmm. he's out there. He's like he's making it a safe space like he yeah. is paving the way so that others can follow suit and feel comfortable in their own skin. And, and that's what Melanie Martinez is doing in this whole uh, film and album. And so I'm just very thankful and I'm jealous because <laughs> I would have loved uh, that opportunity. But it's okay. It's here. Yeah. And so it's future here generations have it. Yeah. Um, also, like, imagine how cute I would be if I was past Goth a long time ago. Yeah. Sorry, my cat has to walk by. She Come has on, to. Go, get out of here. Shoo. It's my turn. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot. Um, so K through 12, for anyone who's interested in our, like, how, I never thought the ghouls would cover a <laughs> music film like this. Uh, it is uh, a brave-hearted girl and her charming best friend make a bewitching pair as they embark on a mission to take down the oppressive schooling system of K-12. through And the directors are Melanie Martinez and Alyssa Torvinen. And that's cool in and of itself, is the fact that she <laughs> directed it. Yeah, um, not even just, like, sung and... Court, yeah, like, like you know performed. but she also like did the the whole directing as well yeah and i'm pretty sure she also contributed to uh the aesthetic and the the design like mm-hmm. she uh, contributed to that which is great because it's she has a very specific look to her as well um as if you're watching us you can see that uh and it's like everything is like that um and, and visual albums have popped up all over the place. Uh, thinking of, like, Beyonce's Lemonade, which told the story of her coping with a cheating spouse and going through the stages of grief. Uh, or Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer, which tells an Afrofuturist tale that criticizes present-day America and inspires a culture shift. But even still, both of those are really, uh, like, music video album first, and then, mm-hmm. like, a story second. Like, it just happens yeah. that there's, like, a through line, but it's not really, like... the Like, the whole the whole thing wasn't designed with a film in mind. Um, yeah. When we were working on this episode, I had discovered that Halsey has a, a film out <laughs> that I cannot see. <laughs> if anyone has access to it or can share it with me, uh, let me know. But hers is, uh, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd be super excited to do a follow-up to this kind of theme to cover uh, her film because it looks phenomenal. It honestly looks like an adult version of what K-12 through ultimately is and and has similar themes of the oppression of women uh in our Mm -hmm. patriarchal society so super interesting but uh you know with all the different visual albums out there and even with them creating like entire worlds like i said like Lil Nas x also creates entire worlds with his videos and they seem to exist in in a similar space uh (laughs) the montero prison exists right Mm -hmm. um but i still like none of them seem to weave the visual with the music quite as well as melanie martinez has with k through 12 uh it features songs with titles like nurse's office teacher's pet recess detention and wheels on the bus it's just 
there's class fight. (laughs) There's like, there's so much. Um, And it's a full, like a fully realized and all all encompassing uh, in its themes and goals. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, nothing felt like it was not supposed to be there. Whereas, like, with, like, Dirty Computer, there's a lot of the the, the music videos where uh, clearly they're in the same theme. But sometimes I felt like we just kind of stopped over <laughs> here to just hang out and do this video. And I was like, what is that? Why are we over there? Same thing with Lemonade, where it's like, yeah, but <laughs> I think it's, like, a stretch to say this is in the same theme. Um, but... Uh, I set out to cover how horrifying music could be originally, but stumbled upon this film, and I fell in love, honestly. Uh, It's not subtle, in the least. The lyrics don't shy away from relentless uh, commentary and critique, and the songs are catchy as hell. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. in your head, and they're phenomenal. Um, So... What is it? What happens? Let me tell you why it's so great. Uh, so K-12 follows Melanie Martinez's character Crybaby, um, the namesake of her previous album, and the name of a character in another musical, Crybaby, uh, <laughs> played by Johnny Depp, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Crybaby navigates her way through the hellish landscape of school, which Kat will dive into why school is truly terrifying and oppressive. Yep. Uh, don't stay in school, kids. <laughs> like or or your fight against uh the powers that be uh Mm -hmm. because it is grim uh so we'll get into the real life things for that but martinez uh released this album all at once premiering it with the film which is is different from what usually happens with music where they will release signals to kind of get people interested and excited for the Mm -hmm. piece altogether um but this was like no and it still was, like, incredibly successful without uh, having those teasers there. And, and I get it because, honestly, like, they could fit on their own, but they are just so much more impactful when you think of the whole film and mm-hmm. <laughs> why they fit into the school kind of situation. Uh, so it start, the film begins with Crybaby walking and she's getting ready for school. Um, and she has this internal monologue uh, that just immediately sets the tone uh, where she is over gender roles and the pressures of society that are put onto girls to look and behave uh, a certain way. And she remarks about the gap in her front teeth, that she had like this nightmare, but the gap was still there. And that's like very much a part of her. And she even ponders the name of Lilith, who plays a part later in the film. Um, And if you're unfamiliar with Lilith, that's Adam's first wife and mother of demons, Feminine Monster, and if you want to learn more about that, you can check out our She Never Died episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) for me to tell you all about it. Um, Aesthetically, the film plays into Martinez's personal brand of pastel goth. It's like Lolita-inspired. There's pink and blue and lace and floral, and uh, everything is just in line with this theme of the film, even the Versailles-esque school that she ends up in. And it gives us this bourgeoisie feel which Mm -hmm. i felt like was very appropriate uh considered considering the toxicity of the film and what she's trying to express um more you know gender expectations but still there's just toxicity in wealth as well uh that i think she's kind of putting in there Uh, Mm -hmm. so we start with um crybaby on the bus uh, getting a glimpse into this Seuss, <laughs> very Seuss-like environment uh, with her fellow students. Uh, girls are wearing pink dresses and boys wear blue. 
pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dresses are also really short, and she marks on that. There's, like, a scene where they, like, flip their skirts up uh and it says like f off on their underwear Mm -hmm. underwear. uh but uh boys wear blue some are completely blue like hat (laughs) in our episode um and she kicks off with wheels on the bus uh while her fellow students do like coordinated hand dances uh along to the tune and we get the first hint that crybaby and her friend angelita are not as plain as they seem they have these black eyes. They can kind of take these, like, demonic black eyes. Uh, and can, they end up cursing one boy who was bullying Crybaby. And there's, like, the whole song is really about, like, not having any supervision mm-hmm. <laughs> for young people. Um, and over the course of the film, more girls are revealed to be these other witch-like and full of power girls who are just waiting to be awakened. Um The songs all feature some school-like theme, like I said, with the titles. Um, But they also, that's just like the surface of it. Um, They're all trying to cover heavy and emotional topics under it. Mm -hmm. Like we said a few times, it's not subtle. (laughs) It's very in your face, and I'll tell you some of those lyrics while you know. Um, But she ultimately explores uh, themes of of bodily acceptance, uh, the pressures of society, and also how to learn to love yourself. Um... And also just some of the problems in society. There's like a song, Teacher's Pet, which is about like a young girl getting uh, taken advantage of by a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. And this idea of like, I don't even care. Like there's like a lyric that's like, I don't even care if I pass the test. Just tell me you love me. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah. And then the the visuals are super triggering. Like, it's it's definitely horrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, there's so many where it's, like, this poppy song, and then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, wait, that's not cool. Um, in the song Show and Tell, uh, she covers a common issue for young people and students of being constantly surveyed and critiqued. She has lyrics like, show and tell, I'm on display for all you effers you see, or buy and sell, like I'm a product of society, art don't sell unless you've effed every authority. Um, essentially, you are a commodity you are an item, uh, and you have to behave a certain way for people to want you uh, or mm-hmm. to approve of you. And there's also this common theme of loving your imperfect body. So she has lyrics that reference that throughout, uh, including in Show and Tell, where she says, Why is it so hard to see if I cut myself, I would bleed? I'm just like you. You're like me. Imperfect and human we are. Um, in that, it's a little more like her uh, performing. So in that in that song, uh, in this part of the film, Crybaby has been turned into a marionette. Mm-hmm. And she's performing for her fellow students and she's controlled by the teacher. And so they're laughing and gawking at her as she's like sadly performing. She's clearly upset um, and begging them to see that she's as real as they are. Uh, And I think this is also her attempt to explain the pressures of idol culture. Uh, She says, there are strangers taking pictures of me when I ask no more. Um, And what do you think? Martinez was on The Voice at just 17 years old and has been in the public eye since that vulnerable age. It's no wonder that she feels like her whole life is on display and she's being like expected to perform. Just, yeah. like, no matter what. And has always done that. Like, in, in these critical times of her growth, um, was kind of robbed of that. And it reminds me a lot of Perfect Blue and how Mima felt she was losing 
who she was to the person that she was on stage or to the person yeah. that her fans it wanted her to be. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to learn more about Perfect Blue, check out our website, our episode on that, because <laughs> we go way into idol culture, um, which is what the song is about. Um, the bodily expectations and pressures persist in songs that honestly really got to me. That like some of my favorite are very emotional and. When you're thinking of this, like, super pretty aesthetic and, like, these dolled-up girls and the songs are really catchy and fun, and then you, like, take a minute to listen and you're also, like, watching her performance, it's really heartbreaking. Like, she does Mm -hmm. a really phenomenal job of, like, this is a cry for help, essentially, and not, like, that just her directly is being harmed. It's, like, all girls. Like, all young girls are being impacted in this way, and it's, like, a cry to society to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the song Strawberry Shortcake, uh, Crybaby critiques her own small body while she's undressing in the locker room. And she kind of expresses how there's this need to police your own body, which is a constant problem for girls in school regarding dress codes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says... Feeling unsure of my naked body. Stand by. Watch it taking shape. Wondering why I don't look like Barbie. They say boys like girls with a tiny waist. So that pressure of like, you have to be what boys want you to be. And then she also addresses the problem with asking girls to watch what they wear instead of teaching boys to respect them with the line, uh, got sent home because my skirt was too short. But furthermore, while... She in this in this scene, um, she is uh, in this large cake dress. It's mm-hmm. like huge, and it's made of cake. Um, and she's crying as these boys who are like zombie like shamble forward and are just devouring the cake, which is her. Um, and she's like terrified and clearly violated. And she sings, "That's my bad. That's my bad. No one taught them not to grab." Uh, now the boys want a taste of the strawberry shortcake. And it's like, <laughs> the song itself is like, that's not bad. <laughs> it's so poppy. But then it's like, what did she just say? And she like plainly calls it out and says, instead of making me feel bad for the body I got, just teach him to keep it in his pants and tell him to stop. That's it, right? Like, uh, basics. <laughs> like, what we have, you know, been asking for for forever. Um, but that coupled with how honestly like upset she is and and just the imagery of them devouring the cake is like i mean we cover a lot on ghouls how upsetting it is when there are rape uh symbols or just scenes in Uh in film and how gratuitous it could be in horror and unnecessary and this is like a representation of that without like you don't have to show that for us Mm -hmm. to get the gist (laughs) like we know how upsetting it is it hurts to watch um but you didn't have to go there you know like you can do that with art (laughs) and it's like this young girl is doing it like even thinking of perfect blue with the the scene with mima like she's acting in that scene and it's still really traumatic and kind of unnecessary to go on as long as it does or to do what it does animated or not so thinking like here's how you can do that get that message across without actually putting anyone through that trauma. 
Mm-hmm. Um, creating that safe space. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, there's also magic in the world of K through 12. And Crybaby finds more girls like her, uh, the magical demonized, <laughs> demonized defiers of the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one scene, uh, they discover that one of the, uh, I would say, plastics, you know, mm-hmm. popular girls, uh, might be like them. And she's being smothered by her own friends quote-unquote, struggling beneath the shadows and expectations of them. Uh, She has a song called Lunchbox Friends, which is about uh, not having fake friends at school, essentially, and the the ones who are like, yeah, I'm your friend, and then as soon as the bell rings, you don't matter to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's an even more impactful song that comes right after that, which finds Crybaby in the bathroom uh, where she finds this girl being forced to vomit up her small lunch that was of oranges. Um, And here, Martinez uh, takes time to discuss struggles with eating disorders like bulimia, which she's hinted in previous albums, like Mm -hmm. with a line or two, but this song is like... This is about that. (laughs) It is about your expectations and the pressures you're putting on your body. But it's also about, like, the unhealthy way that you are seeing your body. It talks about body dysmorphia. Um, She has, you know, the lyrics, like, your body is imperfectly perfect. Um, And the line that really struck me in that song was, I wish I could give you my eyes because I know yours aren't working, which is... uh, a commentary on uh, body dysmorphia. And it's like, you don't see that you're fine already and that you're okay. And so instead what you're doing is, um, the the song is called or- uh, Oranges because that's what they eat instead. And mm-hmm. essentially like you're just shoving that in there. She talks about like shoving tissues in your mouth and all these other things that are like a really harsh glimpse into the world of an eating disorder. And she helps this young girl kind of learn to accept herself who is already honestly very beautiful <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh and that and that's honestly what it's like anyway at the end of the day it's like those girls who are doing that are already beautiful um and it i think there's also this strong message in the fact that her friends were the ones making her do it because mm-hmm. um, it's not all like patriarchy affects everybody Mm-hmm. You know, not just uh, it's not just like those are the big bad <laughs> over there. It's like, no, we're also like being affected and the way that we see the world is is being affected. And so then it kind of spirals out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, helps this girl and they become new friends. But I think what's really important about that song and that scene is the approach to this issue because it really comes from a place of understanding and not critique. It's Mm -hmm. not like you're wrong, you're being bad. It's I understand why you think this and it's not your fault that you think this, but we're going to get through it Mm -hmm. like together. And there's like a sisterhood in that. And I thought that was really beautiful. Um, This song was more out of all of them. This one does take you a little bit out of the world um, because it changes to more of like an orange and green aesthetic. And she's like kind of outside and it's more like a dream sequence than the other ones are. But it's still like (laughs) it's still there. Like she's still in that world because she started out with like that. And and bulimia and and eating disorders is very appropriate for uh, K through 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, themes uh but you might be asking where's the horror <laughs> like because yeah these topics are horrifying but like 
is a horror. Um, but throughout the film, there's actually uh, violence. There's fights. Uh, there is death, disembodiment, uh, and even strangulation. There's like a part where she's fighting <laughs> the girl who's. She, there's like a line where she calls. She says like Kelly has a fat ass, um, but she's like jealous because she wants the boy. Anyway, they fight in the in recess, and uh, her hair, her cool bicolored hair, like wraps around. Mm-hmm. Neck and she's like struck, she's like choking him and then she has that line that says like the, the boy that she loved um saw her as a monster when mm-hmm. she did that when she fought him or fought her uh so that happens but there is like there's like uh the principles <laughs> cut up into pieces um and then also just the themes are pretty horrific um it's not overly gory or frightening when but when you're placed on the background of this pastel goth world martinez built it's unsettling because mm-hmm. you're on you like you just don't feel comfortable and that's the whole point like you're not supposed to um and there's like the the dances are great <laughs> the set designs are great every time she's mm-hmm. got like a new look it's awesome uh she has like one where she's like her hair is up and she looks very like uh french like mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette ask um she has like braids it's all over the place but it's great and and then she also has like the, her troop like the other girls are super cool and 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 powerful um the boy was like a crush on her is really cute this is a lot so i can't say enough how delightful <laughs> and also how very emotional this film was there were points mm-hmm. where i was genuinely like tearing up, especially like with oranges um, and strawberry shortcake, those really got to me. Um, just because I, she like really isn't holding back um, with those lyrics, and when you're seeing that, it's hard to like shrug off. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was expecting, <laughs> but I was way more than pleasantly surprised by this film and the songs. Um, it's expertly woven, and learning that Melanie Martinez decided di- or directed it is even more impressive. Like I was like, that's so great. I love that you all are doing this. Um, mm-hmm. Did I say Lil Nas X directs his stuff too? He does. Um, good job, kids. You're doing wonderful <laughs> work. Uh, <laughs> but the characters are interesting and charming. Uh, the songs are bops. They're just like you can listen to them. Like when we were talking about Repo, I was like, yeah, you can listen to them on their own and they're fine. But this is like, it's, but either. You know, you can just yeah. honestly listen to her or you can like move, you could just listen to it to it on the film um and the film is also really nice to look at it's pretty Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite songs and videos was detention which still has criticism in it but it was really fun and she's like in a cage and she's like being hot and like flirty uh but it was also like don't touch me unless i say yeah (laughs) and she has like her like high school sweethearts was like we should like love me or get out of here like what are we even doing right now if you're not in love with me and i was yeah. like yeah <laughs> i was like yes please have that confidence and demands that kind of love from anyone even your high school sweetheart like do that right from the get-go uh no playing around um like i said teacher's pet was super emotional too like th- every time i listen to the album there's a new song where it's like no this is my favorite like when we were watching I kept saying it to Kat, where I was like, this is my favorite song. And then I'd be like, a song, like a song later, I was like, no, okay, this one's my favorite song. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
I don't want to spoil what happens at the end because I, I, I do really want people to watch it. It's an easy watch. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's musical, so you can also just kind of have it in the background if you wanted. But the ending uh, is cute. It's peculiar. The themes are very like Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a maze. There's references to Lilith again, so you get to do that. Um, and it's just... It is really interesting to see and just like how she weaves uh, school themes with like the pressures of society on young bodies. And so really, really want you to watch it. <laughs> I want yeah. you to watch it. And then I want you to like reach out to us and tell us what you think of it. Um, and if you like have any thoughts if it you know struck you in any way or if you're like wow this is awful also if you <laughs> like i said have um the <laughs> if you have access to uh halsey's <laughs> video album i would love that because it looks really good like that looks like a full film and it like a24 level film mm-hmm. and i'm like how do i get it and it was like in theaters in imax for like a week and i was like who's it's a pandemic yeah who's gonna <laughs> Halsey, know a, I love week, you. a week's notice like, boy with love i love you but not that much <laughs> so make it online please <laughs> yeah no that's super real um this one was like so on the nose and like amazing in that it's just like even in doing my research i was like this is a clear reflection of the one song or this or that and i was just like she really was doing it you know and she's yeah. young like so she's like really set she's in a precedent baby. like she's very young and mm-hmm. still just saying it unapologetically and like out there it's very refreshing i think because i feel like i don't know in my early 20s i wasn't that gutsy no yeah, and that's yeah, why I agree, just, Gabe. Like that, it would be nice if we had like that kind of uh, what is the word? Uh, role model. Role model, exactly. Like, yeah. like women being strong like, out there. When Christina Aguilera had Dirty, mm-hmm. and I like wasn't allowed to watch her anymore. Like that was like because I was like young enough where they were like, oh no, now she's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's all we ever had. Like we had the Disney. Girls who just went bad at one point, like, mm-hmm. quote unquote, they just like had to break free of that image and not like, we're not going to be bad. We're going to have the power in our hands. And that just doesn't really happen, especially for like idols, right? Like the fact that you are a celebrity at some point you stop belonging to yourself and you belong mm-hmm. to the public and the fact that she can still express her thoughts and critiques for society at that age is phenomenal (laughs) like it it is so cool um and i'm honestly in awe (laughs) and i love it i was just like i needed this and i'm Mm -hmm. just so happy that like young girls have this and boys too like to because there there's a lot to learn um and if that's where you learn like you should be watching where you like how you view women and that mm-hmm. you don't have, you shouldn't be touching them. Uh, then let that be where you learn that. Yeah. And it's also interesting. I think like in terms of the fact she was young, it's like we all, the millennial generation, we live, live in this very like transitional period because we had the early two thousands, which is just offensive as hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And yes. there was like a lot of transitions in terms of like feminism and like growing in that regard and like kind of creating this, environment that 
I think is more so taking off today. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely lived in that like weird transitional period where it was not in any way, I think as progressive as I think we thought it might've been <laughs> like growing up. Neglected. I yeah. think it was neglected. Like people just didn't know what to do. So they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were it was like, like, well, oh, don't okay. look at it. It's not real. There's no problems yeah. here. Yeah, Everything we're is over problems. Fine. Like, fix them. Yeah. <laughs> the world, the ice caps aren't melting. Shush. Global warming is it real? Capitalism is your friends. Yeah. Work hard, play hard, you know, yellow, and mm-hmm. then that's it. Yeah. Um, my section is titled when schools suck, but education is essential. Cause that kind of sums up one, the entire essence of this film in that, like the system itself is horrible, but educating yourself on like how to not be a terrible person is essential. Um, and there's ways in which like education in and of itself, like learning things is essential, but it really is unfortunate that our K to 12 system exists as poorly and as like, like, honestly, it's doing exactly what it was designed to do, but uh, it's not helping us, essentially. Um, so this film, as we were talking about, it was, like, super on the nose in kind of, mm-hmm. like, the best way possible. Uh, in the horrors of, like, what the K-12 to system is, I would argue she's, like, talking about both public and private education, um, as well as, like, the charter school systems or, um, like, Catholic schools. Um, and in case you don't know, just, like, as a public service announcement to everyone here why schools were made um the public school system as it is today was developed both as a means to provide child care to working parents as well as a way to train humans to exist inside a place for an extended period of time specifically around like eight hours a day um schools are used as a means to train the workforce because to become like used to never seeing their families never taking a day off sitting for extensive periods of time, all things that would like super benefit you if you're working a nine to five job or you're working in the restroom. Yeah. Exploitative (laughs) environments like factories and stuff like that, like uh, warehouses, anywhere that like you really don't get rights in those scenarios. You have to be obedient or you lose your job because ultimately the kind of theme is that you're replaceable. Um, And it's really interesting because I think the real reason why so many kids have ADD and ADHD is because evolutionarily, like we have not progressed to the point where that's okay for our bodies and our minds. Mm. Um, And we were not meant to exist this way. So the majority of humans who are used to more like creative and expressive lifestyles are like forced into this sitting and like sedentary lifestyle where you just kind of have to exist in a place for a long time just to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. And wasn't it like Ford who like decided on the eight hour work week? Like that was like hella recent. (laughs) Like that was industrial age. It was because there was a labor shortage and they couldn't differ like segment out the hours like you couldn't have one person work the morning shift and one person work the afternoon shift because a lot of people had died like that there was a labor shortage it's almost like that's what's happening again now um so essentially they to account for that was to extend the hours of the day so you could have a single person complete that work over a period of time like honestly what would solve unemployment is if they went back 
to the previous method, which was to have someone work the morning shift and someone work the afternoon shift and someone work the night shift. And then everyone kind of exists within that shift cycle. And then they have enough time to like do dishes when they're home, see their kids, um, you know, like general human being quality of life type stuff uh, that does not exist in our current society. But their work would also benefit in that, like, they would have the energy and the attention. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, eight hours, no one is working eight hours straight. Like, there are times when you're not doing anything. So it should be, like, less time where you're actually working. And then you move on. You go to the next, like, you do Mm -hmm. your life. Well, there would be more investment. There would be better attention. There would be more uh, Mm -hmm. just, like, quality of life improvements that essentially would make people feel more focused and productive while they're actually at work instead of, like, this kind of endless existence in one space uh that you lose a lot of productive hours just because one like lots of people have adhd or add and they don't know it or they have some sort of neurodivergency not like everyone because there are obviously neurotypical people that are making these kinds of decisions that actively hurt people um but there's lots of people who just exist and can do this like it's nothing um but they're actively hurting the people who were not designed to exist this way um yeah and we really none of us were <laughs> ultimately yeah even if you don't have add or adhd like you don't you don't so exist to be this way exactly um it hurts everyone ultimately unless you are of the income bracket that is of the exploitee exploit the one doing the exploiting mm-hmm. instead of the exploitated like um, the principal in k through 12 yeah the principal song is like, if your mom, does your mom know that you're like this? <laughs> it was like, you just push, like, you abuse everyone because you have power. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what the principal song was. And it's honestly very intentionally done. And I'll get into that kind of like as we go. But uh, schools are, as they exist, an active indoctrination, a training ground, if you will, uh, for capitalism. And ultimately, since it's America, white supremacy, um, public and the patriarchy because of the rules that they instill upon women. Mm-hmm. Um, public schools educate more than 91 percent of the U.S. population while only receiving 8.4 percent of the federal budget. Uh the disparity increases further state by state in how funds are allocated between rural and uh, suburban and urban districts. So according to the mediums article, the unspoken secret of capitalism destroying education. Um, if 80, 8.1% of the words, my God, 8.4% of the budget is accumulated nationwide for education, urban schools, which hold the majority of the country's uh disinvested and exploited students are receiving the crumbs of an already stripped federal budget. Mm. Public schools pupils enrolled in urban districts receive an average of 2,100 less per pupil than their suburban counterparts and 4,000 less than students who attend rural remote schools, according to a recent study of EdBuild. And within cities, kids in predominantly white, non-white districts receive less than kids in predominantly white districts, around 1,321 less. Um, if looking at this state by state, uh, and specifically speaking about Pennsylvania, the state that the ghouls reside in, there's an extensive disinvestment that exists throughout the state that largely targets black and Latino populations. Um, as a result, the lower wealth school districts have less money to spend on average and the poorest 20% of schools districts have 7,866 less per student than the wealthiest 20%, a report said. Based on the calculation adjusted to reflect extra costs um, based on like in low income 
neighborhoods, generally there is more trauma within the population because of being like subjected to this like nationwide disinvestment. Like it's not even just like from the schools. It extends to food deserts. It extends to pop like housing. It extends Mm. to like everything that kind of exists under that bubble Um, being underfunded in specific areas that are intentional and targeted. Um, According to this report, 428 districts educating 86% of Pennsylvania's public school students lacked adequate funding from 2018 to 19 with a shortfall of 4.6 billion. Billion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Pennsylvania is not the worst, but it's one of, (laughs) it's pretty horrifying um, in how they distribute funding. So they're largely taxed locally instead of federally. So they, if you don't have, like if you have high local taxes, you can supplement what is not provided federally. But if that isn't the case, if you live in Philadelphia, for example, where large businesses are given like tax subsidies so that they don't have to pay taxes for the first four years that they exist, um, you're getting significantly less tax dollars to supplement like the missing money, if that makes sense, just because of how Pennsylvania like designates their funds. Um, Aside from even funding concerns, uh, (laughs) the ways in which the curriculums are developed is largely slanted towards instilling a love of capitalism, a love of white supremacy, a love of the patriarchy, a love of work and productivity that frowns upon individuality, self-care, creative expression. Um, ultimately the K to 12 school system is currently doing as it was designed to do. Um, I feel like people have a really hard time understanding that. Like they Mm -hmm. think it's some, they think it's broken. Yeah, it's broken. It's not broken. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. So if you want to change it, you have to destroy the system as it exists and build a new one. Um, ultimately though, that's not, it was, it's doing as it was designed, which was to make the rich richer and the poor poorer. In an article titled How Capitalism Undermines Progressive Education Reform by Mike Strivers, he states, the real purpose of schools, the hidden curriculum, is to prepare students for a life in an autocratic workplace. Schools serving wealthy families are more likely to prompt students to think creatively and system- systematically and have them practice making prescriptions of what others should do. Schools that serve working class students tend to emphasize compliance to predetermined rules, deference to authority figures, and strict disciplinary codes, previewing the lack of agency and democracy that they will experience on the job. Contrary to reformers' claims that the school system was or could be the great equalizer, the history of public schools shows that that was never its intended function. Their goal in mid-19th century America was to socialize workers into emerging industrial capitalist economy, as George Boutwell, later Horace Mann's successor as the secretary of the Massachusetts Board of Education, wrote, the owner of the factories are more concerned than other classes and and interests in the intelligence of their laborers. When the latter are well-educated and the former are disposed to deal justly, controversies and strikes can never occur. Essentially, if you keep the population stupid and prideful in that ignorance, they can't rally together to overthrow these systems of oppression. Mm-hmm. We see this represent, represented in the schools that serve working class students that are highlighted in the film, honestly, throughout. And the emphasis on compliance and like adhering to rules, so specifically in thinking of the song Nurse's Office, mm-hmm. um, Perfect attendance as a reward was designed as a way to create an unhealthy relationship with self-care and like 
going to school when you don't feel good or like you can, um, mm-hmm. because ultimately that's not something you're going to be provided when you're an adult and in an office or a working environment. So they train you to think that missing school is like a problem. That's why there's truancy courts. Like that should be illegal. Um, I understand like kids need to learn and like, get an education, but they're targeted at people who like literally like there's the areas within they reside are so disinvested that like that should not be allowed. Like you should not require like financial penalties for truancy. Um, mm-hmm. If like you actually care that students are learning, it's definitely more oriented so that people know that they can't take a day off. Um, like going to the nurse's office to like have a second to just breathe because you don't feel, you didn't feel like you wanted to go to school in the first place. You just wanted to go home. Like that's what the yeah. lyrics are in the song. Um, and I remember I used to do that. I didn't want to go home cause I did not have a fun home life, but I spent lots of time in the nurse's office because I did not enjoy being in class either. So it's like, you don't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, Ultimately, like these things are designed to produce and continue ignorance. So if you think about like half the population that are super racist and well, it's more than half, but like, you know what I mean? Like, or just like for capitalism because they think they're going to get a slice of the pie. Um, mm-hmm. And like, are they pr- like promote just like more racism so that they don't join together in like class and like overthrow these systems? Like it's all super intentional and gross. Um, and that's ultimately like I used to work in schools. That's why I'm very anti-school at this point. I'm pro education. I think kids need to learn stuff. Um, but do the schools that exist currently provide that kind of knowledge and like happiness and path to success? Absolutely not. Um, and they won't until things change ultimately. Um, because it's not the great equalizer. It never well, was designed also, like, to be. What, you know, what are they teaching, right? Like, what are they not teaching? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, critical race theory. But it's also, like, the whole argument of, like, the school-to-prison pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're underfunding, and there's no up-to-date textbooks. There's no way for young people to succeed in certain areas. And so then it just leaves them with very few options, which usually result in them being incarcerated in some form, uh, usually for nothing, Honestly, um, and then once you're in, you're in because the systems we have are like that. Uh, it's yeah. all kinds of, of impression. And, you know, I'm always thankful for for your sections, Kat, because uh, I do learn because, like, I just don't ever think about <laughs> it just never occurred to me that schools are designed with this idea of, like, you conforming and like there's always like conforming and like you wear uniforms and you're like supposed to you know be what society says is the right way to be um and like growing up in the way that we did like when you were different or you didn't cater to what they expected then you were bullied or you suffered the consequences for that even from like Mm -hmm. instructors but to think of it as like workers like breeding workers is even more stressful or like equally stressful. Um, And I think like there is a lot of that. We have to conform. This is BS. (laughs) Like we Uh we shouldn't have to do this in the film, which I thought was really great. Like, yeah, just thinking of like the not, like you have to ask, like she, she remarks, like 
I literally just asked to use the restroom. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, kids have to, like, that's crazy. But then you're, like, like, I've heard horror stories of workplaces that are like that. Like, uh, Wee Mojo was telling me she heard a story of a woman who was pregnant and she had morning sickness, and her boss was like, you keep going to use the restroom too often. And she was like, well, I'm pregnant, and I get morning sickness. So they gave her a trash can. And they were like, you can't leave. You have to just vomit in this trash can at your desk, which is still disruptive and doesn't yeah. benefit her work at all. Um, or thinking of, like, Amazon workers who are peeing in bottles because they're being fined if they leave their post. Yeah. No, it's honestly... It's so upsetting on so many different levels because it's like I didn't even really talk about the ways in which like the patriarchy are repelled in schools. Um, mm-hmm. The way like if you're showing your shoulders or your skirt, you get sent home. Like, yeah, yeah. The, like if you have a teacher who is creepy and sh- should not be looking at young girls like in that way, that sounds like you should fire that teacher, not send that child home to change Mm -hmm. because ultimately they're all children you know what i mean like so that's pedophilia like they're all they all judge our problem (laughs) at that end um it's just like a whole thing Uh oh oh we're back i don't think you're i am sorry okay (laughs) but yeah ultimately it's a whole problem uh where there's just so many layers to it in which like all the things that are wrong with society are basically like upheld and like mm-hmm. ingrained into people. Like even all history is taught, like all the textbooks are from Texas and they're manipulated. We that is. Yeah. We're, they're manipulated by money and basically like their school systems, textbooks, even if they're Religion. not updated, they're like inundated or like drenched in this, like Christianity first manifest destiny, this capitalism, you have the American dream, all the great things. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone wants to come here. Um, cause yeah. it's so great. Everyone wants to come here and we can't let everyone come here. Cause God, there's so much great Only stuff that happens. Ones. Yeah. Not you know what I mean? From the shithole countries. Yeah. It's not like anyone wants to be here in the first place. <laughs> like it's honestly wild. Like the amount of just like kind of, it's not brainwashing cause that doesn't exist, but like mm-hmm. kind of like intentional, manipulation and stupidity that is created Mm -hmm. through it just like through not teaching critical thinking skills not you know what i mean like it's just really it's all very intentionally done um so i think education super important people need that um but the schools um and what's awful too is that people don't get paid enough that like they could send their kids to better schools they aren't paid enough that they can stay home with their kids you know what i mean like it's either work or die so lots of people don't even have like the option to find a school that isn't terrible um that isn't like tell your kid to sit there until they pee themselves kind of energy you know what i mean uh so the world sucks (laughs) Yeah. Did you know? Uh, I'm blue today, so it's fun. It sucks, but it's a little fun. Blue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The and I think that's like one of the interesting parts of this film is that it it is really fun and beautiful on the outside, and then you like look and you're like, oh wait a minute. And I think mm-hmm. that makes it a more digestible and accessible medium, like for people to get the message, is through these fun songs, and it's yeah. like the best way to use your like your impact right <laughs> is to to educate in this like sly way like you don't even know you're being educated because you're just having fun uh which is edutainment 
Yeah. <laughs> so Melanie Martinez, you're an entertainer like us. Um, yeah. And I'm not and, saying like teachers suck. Like there's some teachers that do a really good job and make up for this horrible situation that they're in. Uh, yeah. There's some situations within school that can be really positive for students if they don't have a good home life, et cetera. Like that mm-hmm. still exists and it still is true while there still exist problems. Um, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, like you were saying, it's working the way it's supposed to. And this, you know, similarly to any other institutions that are in America, there are some good people who are trying to do the best that they can in those institutions. Mm-hmm. But when the institution itself is the problem, yeah, then you it's, can only do so you much. can't fix it from the inside because it's, it's not broken. Uh, yeah. you just have to redo it. Uh, and <laughs> there's a lot of the stuff we have to redo in this country. So, um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of empowering messages in this film and, and I, and along with that, like there are a lot of Gen Z's, like kids who are working hard to fight back against like the patriarchy and gender norms and expectations yeah. and uh, are just uh, over it. Like they're over that. <laughs> and I love that they are like, yeah. that, like hearing more and more about like people going against dress codes or uh, fighting back against school if they're not allowed to attend the prom a certain way or with a certain person. Mm-hmm. Like those things like seem small, but they were impossible for like me and like my friends uh-huh. like I can't imagine us doing those things uh even to this day like I'm wearing this dress now if you're watching that my shoulders are out and I always am like like it's in recent years that I was like I am allowed to show my shoulders uh-huh. like <laughs> like I still feel like oh no my shoulders are out what's gonna happen like it's yeah. like a lot like a lot of unlearning uh of what was expected of me and what was like ladylike or uh professional and and a lot of those things that you just have to like like it is what it's it's professional if I'm a professional and I'm doing this (laughs) like you know like if that's what it is that's that's what professional looks like today um so yeah I hope this film empowers people to to stick it stick it to the man and the yeah. institutions that are there to oppress us, but also to be entertained and have a good time. And know that, like, music can be a tool just as much as film can uh, in, you know, educating uh, people on certain traumas and experiences that maybe they're not super knowledgeable in. Like, like I don't know about bulimia. I've never done it. Uh, but I feel like I got a f- really intense glimpse into it just from yeah like empathy building 100 Mm -hmm. that it's as you said like it's a place of understanding and not of critique um and i feel like it's the world exists often in a place of critique uh when understanding is necessary so it, it does a really beautiful job doing that and also just like god bless the internet uh there's a lot of scary things but i feel like a lot of things change in a different way than they were able to in our generation like we're still alive so our generation still exists um, but like when we were younger um we yeah. did not have like access to just strangers who will call a school board until they fire somebody you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you can really do a lot of activism that exists in this current interweb world uh that's like really inspiring and like powerful and honestly yeah. it took me to i'm 28 now to like kind of feel comfortable to like be what i want to be um 
And it's kind of cool that like kids through the internet are able to figure out that stuff so much younger. Um, yeah. Doing things like I never thought would have been possible. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It never would have occurred to me. Um, at the age that Millie Martinez is to, to even say those things. So I'm very thankful for her. Um, look forward to, to what the future brings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Olivia Rodrigo is doing some things too. Like, yeah, you young kids are doing it. I feel like a old lady. <laughs> youngins. Sure the youngins, they're, they're really out here. Snappers. Yeah. <laughs> really, Causing really, good trouble, you know? Yeah, good trouble, yes. Um yeah, well, that, <laughs> that's our episode for K through 12. I hope it was a pleasant surprise uh, to see just, like, straight-up visual album <laughs> yeah. for our musicals episode. We have some more uh, classic uh, horror musicals coming up, and, you know, I hope you enjoy those as well. But remember to like and subscribe if you haven't already, and shoot us an email at theghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com or... You know, subscribe to our newsletter tweet at us subscribe to our newsletter uh, tweet at us whatever <laughs> uh, and let us know what you think about K-12 through or if you have any suggestions recommendations of other horror music like horrifying themes in songs or or, or albums that are making statements uh, yeah. and pushing against norms because I would love to I'd love to expand my listening yeah. Right now it's mostly just like K like Korean R and B. And I can't tell you what they're saying because it's in a different language. Yeah, I live for lyrics, so I would also be super excited to receive recommendations in that realm. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Always recommendations. And again, if you uh Halsey, if you're out there, it's me, Gabe. I would um. love to watch your film. <laughs> yes, please. I think you're great. Honestly, genuinely, um, love what you're doing out there and uh, want to see it. I want to see that hard work, the A24 level film that you made because it looks so cool. It's like The Witch, The Bitch, but like Halsey. I believe <sighs> so it. If you get access, I hope I also get to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Halsey. <laughs> um, well, with that being said, don't get married. They'll eat your kids. Or you'll just, they'll be fine, but they'll go to school and they'll be sad. Yeah, we'll be oppressed and then funneled into this like endless system of workforce and then just feel sad their whole lives. And like whenever they're not doing anything, feel like they're flawed as people because they're not being productive for two seconds um, and don't know how to relax because it's just endless. Um, Stay young, even though young sucks, too. But like just stay. Stay young, forever young. Well, that's like, like how you get overwhelmed by too many things going on. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm the opposite. Where it's like if there's not a million things going on, like I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, uh-huh. why is there not more noise? Like I feel crazy because there's not like I, I'm not focusing on twenty things. Yeah. <laughs> like I and that I know that's like the opposite of what it should be, <laughs> but I'm just like, <sighs> there's only two things. You'll get there, Gabe. He's got to. Take the capitalism out of your out of your box for like a second and you'll get there, I promise. Uh, uh, hopefully. <laughs> All right, well, down with the patriarchy and capitalism. Uh, viva la revolution and yeah. that really silly revolution. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Jesus. Can- <laughs> you got a puke right now? Oh, poor baby.
think she's done. 